Welcome to uh, another episode. Again, I am not Mitchell Tierney. Um, I do not have as nice a bookcase. I am in a room. I look like I'm a hostage right now. Um, <laughs> I just got kidnapped from a TFC game. Uh, as uh, you guys saw a few weeks ago, my name is Mike Newell. Uh, thank you for uh, joining Waking the Red Weekly presented by Footy Talks. Um, I have two wonderful and smarter people than me uh, on the call with me with Jeffrey P. Nesker and Michael Singh. Guys, how you doing? Eh, I'm all right. How are you doing? You look, you kind of look like Victor Vasquez's goodbye video. A little bit like Victor Vasquez. Yeah, uh, basically, you know, this, yeah, this yeah. happened really quickly. So I got to <laughs> put something together for the social. <laughs> I like it. I like the uh, yeah, yeah. Home kit looking sharp on you, man. Yeah. Um, thank you for, of course, stepping in place of, of Mitchell Tierney. Um, obviously, Mitch, once again, um, let's call it technical issues on, on Mitch's behalf. And, and, you know, we, there was a little bit of a delay to the show. So we apologize for that. Um, but thank you, Mike, for stepping in. Once again, you did such a good job a couple of weeks ago that we had to, had to bring you back here. And I know all of the, all of our listeners and viewers, they enjoyed your presence on the podcast. So here we go. Once again, yeah. Mike. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so guys, I got to ask, like, Obviously, this is this felt like a really like super busy football weekend this past weekend with MLS Cup and a lot of things happening in Europe. How did you guys? Uh, how did you guys get through football weekend uh, 2021? Uh, watching I'm- the FL race. To be honest, with you. <laughs> <laughs> crazy. We, have, we could just have a whole separate episode on just how that ended. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm I mean, kidding. I would just, I would just talk about how Cansock needs about five Netflix documentaries. I mean, it's right there. <laughs> it's right there. Like they should be investing in nothing else but fly on the wall Netflix documentaries because the proof is in the pudding, guys. I mean, F one has captured the target demographic that every sport wants, and they skew female. It's insane. It's insane. Right now, there, there is a license to print money over there they did not have before. Um, and you know, if you can make car racing sexy you know imagine what you could do with with football right don't so, don't even know. doubt it probably john herdman's got something going on in the works you know john yeah. talking to everybody multiple mm. conversations all the time uh, but this is not an f1 podcast i, <laughs> I did not it have should be schedule. Um, a lot of things to talk about this week a lot in the tfc world as the offseason has now begun um, officially in the uh, sort of MLS silly season starts at what two o'clock when the uh, when the uh, expansion draft goes down. I'm just checking that that's when I can start calling it silly season. I just want to make sure. No, you generally could call it silly season a lot earlier than that, but uh, officially, Are, like, officially. Okay, okay, good, yeah. good, good. I'll wait. I'll wait until two. Yeah, a lot to talk about. Obviously, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about another little Italian. Uh, potentially joining uh, TFC and then the old little Italian that might be coming back uh, to TFC. We'll also talk a little bit um, about uh, some news that Michael dropped uh, over the weekend. If you're on the Twitter sphere, you would have heard about that in regards to a certain DP. 
We'll talk about the young guys. Um, how are they doing? Where are they going? Are they staying? Are they leaving? Um, a lot to talk about there. And yeah, we'll get into something about, uh, I don't know, some kind of MLS Cup final or something. I don't know. We weren't in it, so who cares? <laughs> uh, but, and then of course, we will talk about the MLS expansion draft as that is today. Um, and there are TFC players um, that could be picked. I think unlikely, but we'll talk about that a little later. Uh, gentlemen, let's jump into it. Um, let's do it. We were talking a, a little bit uh, the last time I was on, and I think this came up in the last pod as well about uh, Lorenzo Insigne and potentially him coming to TFC. This has kind of been on again, off again since, I don't know, September. Um, you know, Michael, you dropped some news uh, a little bit last week about that. Um you know, my question for you guys and just I guess thing from the fan base um, that I've sort of been reading and seeing out there is just how real is this? Like how like like obviously people have talks and I'm sure agents talk to presidents and stuff like that and agents get around. But how real is this potential move? You want to start, it's Mikey? Real, Mike. it's, it's very, very, very real. Um, as, as I reported last week. Toronto FC and Lorenzo Insigne are, are very close to finalizing a deal. Um, that see, would see him become the highest paid player in Toronto FC history. Um, I know there's a lot of ludicrous numbers being thrown around. I'm not sure if it quite gets to that extent. But the interest is very real. And like I said, it's not finalized yet. But it's definitely on the verge, and you know, if, if everything goes right, I would expect Lorenzo Insigne to be named a Toronto FC designated player. Okay, because yeah, I, I saw some of the salary numbers out there, and I've seen a few different numbers. I mean, I'm I'm hearing like I heard like as high as like 15 million, which sounds insane. That does not sound. That's like that's like mid level NBA start. No, it's not an NBA starter money, but like, yeah, yeah. You know, it's pretty high, buddy. <laughs> uh, remember, like, Mike, that that that's only five euros. So, <laughs> well, they're paying, I think, I think he's getting US dollars. I don't think they're paying. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. So seven euros. But, yeah. but at the end, at the end of the day, I mean, look, look, we all know how DPs work in MLS, right? Like, there's a, there's a charge against the cap. And then whatever else MLS he wants to pay him is between him and his bank statement, right? So who cares? I mean, MLS he's got the got the money to 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 spend, um, and if they want to spend it, this is great. I mean, listen, just to circle back, I I agree with Mike. I think this is very very real. My only question is when does he come for the beginning of the year? Does he come? In the summer transfer window, does it come in 2023? This is an entirely new kind of uh, uh, of signing, and and it breaks it breaks the league, not like it breaks the world. Um, I'm hearing anyway, TFC want to bring him in as soon as possible. Well, uh, of course. I mean, if you're going to pay him that much money, <laughs> you probably yeah. And I'm hearing that that is the case. Yeah, is is that yeah. they they're trying to bring him in for for this window. Um, before the summer happens, they want Amazing. to start the season with the club. Um, that being said, again, there's there's a lot that has to go into that for everything to to be finalized. My only concern now, I know this interest is real, but my only from both parties, but my only concern is is Insigne possibly lose using this as as leverage, right? That, so that's my, I mean, only, that's my only uh, concern. He he is. I mean, of course he is. But it's pretty clear that Napoli is not in a position to pay him. I mean, 
they offered him a 50% pay cut. You're out the door when, you're, when your club says, hey, do you want to come back for half of what we paid you before? You're out the door. I mean, that Michael Bradley didn't even take a 50% pay cut to stay at TFC. That's insane. Um, for a marquee player to get offered that, that's basically saying we don't need you anymore. Stay or go. We don't care. Um, so, you know, of course he's trying to flex his muscle. My My counter to your concern is that he's got no muscle to flex. Like Napoli's not going to turn around and then publicly say, you're right. We're wrong. We're going to pay. We're going to give you a raise when, when our initial offer was 50%. Right. And, and, you know, the rest of Syria is probably not going to step on Napoli's toes because there's a huge gentleman's agreement between club owners and stuff like that. So I would say, you know, he can, he can rasp, he can rattle his saber as much as he likes, but if he's not, uh, if he's not okay with what Napoli's, offering him then Syria is probably not a, a potential for him you know what yeah. i mean yeah and i hear what you're saying i guess part yeah. of my sort of in looking into this is too like he has other offers from other clubs in europe like i'm hearing he's had offers in spain potentially england um but like why like why now for in terms of tfc i guess is my question because look he's made enough money where I don't think money is really that big of a thing. Now, obviously if he can get, go get that last big bank payday. I and you said it right there. Right. But, but I think that's a part of it. Right. Like, but I don't mm -hmm. think that's the whole picture. So I guess my question is like, why, why TFC outside of the money? And if it's the money, that's fine, I guess. But like, I think a lot of it is the money, <laughs> but <laughs> you know, listen in 2022, <laughs> Your options for that last big payday are, are 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 very limited, right? You're either going to oil-rich countries like Saudi Arabia or the Middle East, or you're going to China, right? Those are those are two markets that traditionally overpay for marquee stars that are in and around the 30-year you know cutoff where where soccer players turn into pumpkins. So we already know, you know, there's a serious issue with him getting called up to the Italian national team takes a job in China or takes a job in the Mideast to say nothing about his family's happiness or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Those issues exist in MLS. I mean, that's one of the reasons people are saying he's never coming to TFC is because he's going to be uh, 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 forfeiting his abilities to be called up to the Italian national team. In fact, the matter is, is that, you know, if I was in his shoes and I'm looking at that one last payday and it's between going to the Middle East or China or coming to Toronto FC, I'm coming to Toronto FC. You know, especially with the Italian community, especially with the relationships with Seba um, that this club has had, um, you know, it just it just seems like a like a sort of good synergy. Right. And then 15 million dollars a year. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a lot of factors. Right? And I think, Jeff, mm -hmm. you kind of touched on it. But I think one thing we kind of overlook, eh, the main factor is the money for sure. But the other Absolutely. thing we sort of overlook is um how good of a job this club does at pitching players. And 100%. they have a lot of credibility in terms of that because they have example A, B, C, D. Yeah. There aren't many players who come through this organization that have bad things to say about it. I've heard nothing but great things in terms of the way that they treat their players. The city of Toronto itself, like that's a, that's a selling point on its own. And as Jeff, as you mentioned, it's just huge is, there's a really big Italian community out there. And Sebastian Javinko is example A, B, C yep. in terms of how special when you have an Italian superstar on your team, how special the environment can be and that support oh, yeah. can 
behind a player like that. So there's a lot of selling points when it comes to Toronto FC. And, you know, of course, Lesnar and Port, they're going to need, I'll say, a couple designated players this offseason. So there's that. And in addition, I'll I'll make Woodbridge happy, is in addition to Lorenzo Insigne, I've heard that Toronto FC are looking at another Italian defender uh, to be bringing in. Now, not as a designated player, but I'll leave it at that in terms Mm -hmm. of they're definitely, um, let's say, navigating Syria for for some 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 potential signings this offseason. Okay. I mean, look, look. If you if you put a gun to 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 a, a, a marketing exec's head at that Front Street office or that King Street office or wherever the hell they're located, I think it is Front Street. And you said we've got to go from. Listen, we had four thousand people at a match. We got to go from four thousand to twenty thousand. The easy answer is you recapture that Italian Torontonian community, right? Because so so it 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 makes sense. And if you can, and that's not to say that there probably already isn't existing relationships with the Andrea D'Amico's of the world, and you know TFC has got a lot of have made a lot of inroads into the Syria environment. So it it stands to reason that that would start to pay some dividends, right? You know, yeah, for sure. And I, you know, I guess my my thing is when I look when initially hearing about this potential of Insignia coming to Toronto, my first thought was like, nah, man, like, like a World Cup year. If it was a, maybe a normal World Cup year where the the World Cup was in the summer and he can come right after that, okay, I can see that. Um, but with it being in December, you know, I, I wonder again. I, I don't necessarily subscribe to the whole. If you come to MLS, you have thrown away any chance of you getting. I agree. International. I think. Percent. I think it's too myopic. If he yeah. does what we think he can do in this league, then he will definitely be a consideration. But I think there's also a something to say about just historically how um, the uh, Italian national team has worked in regards to players who have left Syria or left Europe. Um, you know, yes, Sebastian Jovinko did get onto the Italian national team as a TFC player, but he didn't go to, you know, obviously they didn't make it work, but they didn't, you know, he didn't get on to certain squads for tournament time, right? He came in for qualifiers, but not necessarily for tournament squads. So I guess, you know, that's kind of what I was kind of going at in terms of the why now for Insigne, like in terms of a career outside of the money, right? Like the money. Maybe he's seen the future, Mike. And he knows that Italy's not getting into the World Cup, so he doesn't care. <laughs> oh, that's uh, oof. yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, um, so, so can I can I just get into this just really quickly, like in terms of okay, if he does come, right? Like mm-hmm. if this does happen, how does he transform this TFC side? Because we're now looking at a team that, well, I mean, right now we're looking at a team that is fairly bare bones in terms of the players that are on the roster, given sort of who's in contract, out of contract. Um, etc. And obviously, we'll, as we're entering the silly season, we're going to have uh, a lot of people, uh, you know, sort of figuring out what's going to happen. But if he does come onto this team, you know, where does Bob Bradley maybe see him as a best fit uh, in terms of sort of igniting an attack? Do you remember a, a year uh, of our Lord 2015 for Toronto FC? I imagine it will be exactly the same. I imagine it'll be a bunch of MLS also rands, maybe a few marquee players and one guy who's an absolute cheat code. And I'm all for it because 2015 was really entertaining despite the three nil drubbing to, to, to uh, team Didier Drogba at the end. Uh, yeah, I don't want I, that. I, I, I was there for yeah, that. Yeah. It was not yeah. <laughs> It sucked. But, uh, but yeah, no, I, I mean, he breaks the world, right? Like, like this is, you know, 
this is the zenith of the DP experiment in MLS, right? One, a team had to do it, you know, basically spend an insane amount of money over and above the salary cap for that, for that marquee DP to really, really, really bend the DP rule, almost break it. Um, this, this kind of signing would be it. I mean, this is, this is more than a Carlos Vela. This is more than, than Seba was in 2015. Um, the, you know, you could make the argument that this is the, this is the logical next step and maybe the final step from, from why the, the rule was created, which is, you know, it's other name, the David Beckham rule. Um, yeah, I'm, it's exciting. It's really exciting in terms of his best spot. I mean, if you don't give this guy a free role, <laughs> I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> anyway, what do you think, Mikey? Yeah, I mean, he's a game changer, right? There aren't many players in Major League Soccer right now and this is a testament to kind of how the league has evolved. There's not many Sebastian Javinkos out there where yeah. there's one player who's kind of dominating, running through everybody, making those individual plays. Um, you know, you have players like a Carlos Heel who kind of links up with every quality, like, at, like better than anyone on the pitch, but he's not dribbling through three, four, five guys. 100%. And I think that's kind of the player that TFC are kind of gearing towards. That uh, I think they were trying to get that with the Africans Hotel the last year. Um, where you have those kind of players who can not only play in between the lines and have the quality, but they have the pace to run through through lines. And I think that's exactly who Lorenzo Insigne is. I think he's that type of player who is good enough to beat someone on the dribble, but he's also good enough to link up with his, his teammates. And I think it's a really good question, Mike, because I think that it'll be a really good measuring stick for this league mm-hmm. in terms of how much a player like that can ha- influence the game, I guess yeah, is what yeah. I'm trying to say. So I'm excited to see if this does come to fruition, how exactly he'll look on here. And I think the rest of the league will take notice as well. And I think already there, there's a craze around TFC Live, uh, all the social media is about the potential of this guy coming. And I think that's just the tip of the iceberg in terms of the impact that this guy will have because as we know a lot of tfc fans aren't on social media and i think it'll bring back a lot of that that old regime that used to make absolutely feel such a yeah. exciting place yeah absolutely it, i mean it, go ahead well i was gonna say like in terms of just the uh, the other part of the impact obviously there's an on-field impact that he will immediately have amongst you know the team but there is also this off-field impact right that he has in terms of engagement in terms of ticket and shirt sales things like that i'm wondering if tfc is trying to and to your point michael to both your points really in terms of trying to get back to being that transformational club within the league right they were that for a while then atlanta came and they changed the game a little bit and then lafc came and they changed the game a little bit um and tfc have kind of lost that standing a little bit and i think there is a sort of notion of maybe trying to get a little bit of that back Absolutely. Um, to make another run. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I think that that's fair. Um, that being said, I think TFC never really lost that ambition because obviously they had a really good run of years. They had the, the MVP in Alejandro Pozuelo Truth. in 2020. Um, but last season, of course, that wasn't the case. So, yeah, they, they went out. They got a designated player in Jefferson's Hotel, though, which, you know, it, it didn't work out. But now they have a chance to kind of as you mentioned there, might kind of make that splash and, and get the fans back into the seats. And yeah, you know, that is probably part of it. Another is, is this opportunity. I don't think players like Insigne become available like this very often. 
And when you have an opportunity like that, I think with and the money the backing, to flex, yeah, yeah, the yeah. backing and support of, of MLSE, which not a lot of teams in the league have, you, you take advantage. And you know this this club when it was first purchased, what was it twenty five million dollars? Yeah, it, 30, it's worth, I think it was. Yeah. What was it? Yeah. Oh, for the, it was thir- for the entry. Fee? Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, it was thirty it was like million. It was ten. Oh million. no, you're right. Yeah, yeah, it was like, like ten, $10 million, million bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's worth. Yeah, it was nothing. It's worth what 50 times that right now if not yes, more like hundreds of millions of dollars right so i think MLSC sees that as as also an opportunity to continue this direction that they're they're heading in and mm. i think insignia kind of as you mentioned there mike it moves the needle on the league but tfc should be those players when they have the backing of, of mlsc and i agree and kind of the really the profit that this club has made since its inception i agree i mean listen the way that Seattle, um, which is a model franchise in this league, I, I think there's now two model franchises, Nashville in terms of how to be an expansion franchise and Seattle in terms of, of how to of how to just dominate the league. You know, how they re-upped following 2016, the loss of, you know, their talisman, Clint Dempsey, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They went in an entirely different direction. What gives me pause about what TFC is doing is we're trying to do the Giovinco again, like right down to the nationality of our DOP, which suggests a lack of imagination in the front office, right? Now, this is not an exclamation point, but there's a suggestion there that I don't like. If we're going into into detail here, it's like, well, that worked, let's do it again, as opposed to let's try something else. If it works, I'll be the last person to complain, right? Because I, I'm a, you know, this is a results-based business. And you probably want to bet on the thing that worked before. So this is not a complaint out of me. It's just something I noticed as we're as we're jamming, boys. And this is this is not a shot at Sebastian Javinko, but I think we're talking about a completely different profile oh, yeah. player here. Oh yeah. Instant oh, yeah. was was a star with the Italian national team. Javinko was struggling to kind of make that squad. Yes. Um, he wasn't really. Yeah, he wasn't really a starter in in uh, in Serie A with Juventus before you know TFC kind of swooped in there. So I think we're talking just a completely different caliber of player. So yeah. I wouldn't say it's exactly the same. Yeah, and I, and like, I get your point, Jeff. Uh, and I kind of had the same sort of misgivings that you had, but I also think about it from a you know, as somebody who, and as we all are supporters of the club, I think we want TFC to be pushing those boundaries. And sometimes you're okay if you try to go and swing big and yeah, you may miss on a few, um, but I'd rather the club be swinging like this yeah. than trying to take bunt singles to try to in the baseball route now. Yeah, but absolutely. Like, but like, th- that's what I mean, right? Like, I think that yeah. I think that's where most supporters want this club to be. And that's no disrespect to Alejandro Pozuelo or Jefferson Soteldo because they are quality players who are worth DPs. I personally think Soteldo can be a DP, attitude aside. But, um, you know, I think that... When, when, when we're talking about TFC and where we think this club can be and where people are getting renewals for their season tickets right now, looking at uh, the prices, now they haven't been increased. They have still been frozen for most people. But mm-hmm. you're thinking, yeah, go out and get a Lorenzo Insigne. If I'm paying that, let's get an Insigne. Um, into yeah, the, yeah into absolutely. The so we, we started talking a little bit about Sebastian Jovinko. So let's sort of transition. Oh, one, one last thing. Yeah, one yeah. last thing. Yeah, yeah. If we sign him, are you taking that all for one kit to, to BMO to get his name set on the back? Uh, can't I am because, uh, because I, uh, if you can see, I have our Lord and Savior. Uh, oh no, I didn't realize that. Mine's a, <laughs> mine's a blank. 
Mine's yeah. a blank, so I will I will be taking it back well, in. Well, I like, normally like, don't crust bags. I normally do not, but I had a credit mm. and there was a sale and it was like super cheap, so I had to do it. Um, yeah, there you go. So uh, <laughs> moving into um, another, uh, the transformation, the first transformational Italian that came to yep. TFC. Um, had an interesting weekend, uh, I would say, in terms of getting out there, getting into an interview and a piece that was on the front page of the Toronto Star Sports section this weekend. Um, if you were able to check that out, um, a piece by Laura Armstrong, who's a friend of the show. Uh, yep. But um, yeah, I guess I guess from your guys' perspective, like, do you think this was a good idea for him to come out and, and basically say, look, I want to be back. Here's what happened in, in 20, you know, 18, 19. Like, this is why I didn't come back. Like, do you think this was a wise move on his part? For me, it's a sign of desperation. Yep. Um, I think this sort of wasn't his his first resort, and I think it's it's sort of what he is shown he can. He's not afraid to do, let's say, and that is play to the the heartstrings of the fan base. Yep. Um, and hope in hopes of you know it creates a spark, and we kind of start talking about the potential Sebastian Javanko back to TFC, put some pressure on the front office. For me, we're we've seen that trick one too many times um and a telling line kind of what what was said in in that interview was that at 35 years old he'll be 35 in january sebastian javinko thinks he could be the best player on the pitch i i love the ambition but if that's where you're valuing yourself and that's kind of like your starting point for discussions it's it's I don't think a TFC or they've learned that lesson in terms of, of from the same back. guy from the same guy. The same I guy, mean, yeah. <laughs> it's not, you know, this uh, isn't six degrees of Kevin Bacon here. This is are really we're doing this again. You know, it, it, it it's it, it it's a bit it's more than a bit distasteful, guys, because like the one thing that I didn't want him to do was the same old, same old. Right. I wanted to see uh, this was supposed to be the redemption tour and a certain measure of humility and responsibility over the pickle that he put us in the last damn time. And here he comes again, you know, and it and and it communicates that he's almost learned nothing. And I don't want that back. That's not that's not why what we wanted here. Um, listen, I, I said it. I said it on Twitter. I don't want my rock stars to be well adjusted people. I want them to be messianic, you know, assholes. Right. Um, so when Seba starts talking about I'm the best player on the field at 35, that's fine. That 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 to me is the is the is the kind of sugarcoating that you expect from a professional athlete at an elite level. Um, you take it with a grain of salt. But the very point of this article, the thesis of it, I have a problem with. I, I have a problem with it. Yeah, and I think, you know, for me, I, I kind of look at this and I agree with both your points. I also just have this sort of, like, do we need him right now? Like, is he really what we need at the moment? Um, we've got some other pressing issues uh, on the team um, in terms of now we, oh, I think we only have two center backs on contract right now. Um, <laughs> hope, you know, like there there are, I get it from the fan, like there's, there's a lot of fans who, want him back for those sentimental reasons where, you know, 2017, 2016 is a beautiful bubble to live in. Um, But kind of to, to pop Bradley's point, like, or Michael Bradley's point, pop the bubble. It's over, right? We're not that team anymore. And I don't think it makes a ton of sense to bring him back unless 
he's willing right. to accept a lower role, which based on that interview, he is not, right? He thinks he's going to come in and be the best player. He thinks he's that guy still. Um, and I just wonder, you know, it, it, do you see a spot for him on the team? Like, do you actually see like a, a starting 11 spot for him? Because that's where I think he wants to go. I do. Um, I do think he can play kind of like a Victor Vasquez kind of role. Um, but that being said, as you alluded to there, Mike, he's not the piece we need. We need many pieces, and he would be one of many pieces that would make this team better. But it doesn't sound like he has that same sort of vision. Um, I mean, if he if he wants to be a 10, we've already got one, and Bob Bradley likes the 4-3-3. So why are we stocking up on players that we're going to play out of position in, in, in Bob Bradley's preferred formation, right? And yeah, I, and another... No, 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 you're good. And another thing that uh, he, he's mentioned in that article, and a great article, by the way, by Laura, uh, fantastic. Oh, yeah. interview, and mm-hmm. I thought a fantastic question was that Michael Bradley question. And in terms of, would you be willing to take something like a Michael Bradley took where he essentially gave up his designated player spot. He gave, <laughs> he took a $6 million pay, pay cut, $5 million pay cut, I believe yeah. to give Toronto FC an opportunity to become a better club. Um, and Javanko said he would consider something close to that. Well, close to that is, is a designated player. Yeah. Right. And hypothetically, let's say even if it is a a max allocation money contract, a max TAM contract, Mm -hmm. this league has evolved so much where, where that needle is moving in terms of those players. Michael Bradley at this point in his career He's being criticized for the amount of money he he gets paid and then the contract taken up. And you look at the fact he took a pay cut two years ago, a significant pay cut where he would have been easily worth uh, bringing back as a designated player at the time, but instead he decided to opt in and come back as a, a TAM contract. So yep, yep. I, I don't even think Sebastian Javinko is worth anywhere close to 1.6, 1.5 I think if he wants to come back, I don't, I don't even know if, if TM's an option there. Maybe a seven hundred, eight, that hundred thousand dollar salary budget hit. But again, it's it's a it's a salary budget league, and if if players can't fit under that that salary budget, then it's not about Sebastian Javanko wanting back or the team wanting him back. It's about that fit. And again, I think the only way it really fits and this team moves forward is is if Seba takes a significant uh, pay cut, which it doesn't sound like he's willing to do. What's the right number for you? You said seven to eight hundred k, Mike. What What's your number? For me, I mm. I am in the three fifty camp. Like, is <laughs> no, for real. And, and look, I I know oh, I had a lot of people come yeah. at me. I had a lot of people come at me for that, and I get yeah. why. But I think when people think that way, they're thinking about 2015, 16, 17 Seba. They're not thinking about Seba now. And more importantly, I, I don't mm. think they're thinking about Seba in terms of how he now can fit into this team, right? I think they're thinking about, okay, well, he's going to come back to MLS and he's guaranteed, somebody's saying like he's guaranteed 15 goals. No, he is not. No, like, no one is. Insignia hasn't guaranteed, guaranteed in 15 last, goals. Yeah. yeah, in his last season in MLS, I feel like, one, the legs caught up to him a little bit, and two, the league kind of figured him out a little bit. Absolutely. Point, right? Like, Without question. Kind of figure, yeah, like, figure out, don't go for the cutbacks under the right foot. You don't try not to foul within 25 yards of, of goal because he can still bang him in, and he's probably at this point still can bang him if free kicks in, mm-hmm. like penalties, right? But I think if you've 
gotten a little bit slower and the league already kind of knows how to defend you. And the league has progressed, Michael, as you said, since he left, I, I, I don't, I don't see like as, a, as somebody coming off the bench as an option in attack, I think it makes sense. But as, as bringing him in to be the guy, like to be a starter, Mm-hmm. I, I don't see it personally. No, I don't think he's got the legs to start thirty to start thirty games. Well, be, that's what I. It'd be a load management situation, article. yeah. Right, but that Pardon? goes into what he was saying in the article, right? Which is he still thinks he's the best player on the team. If uh-huh. he thinks he's still the best player, he's expecting to play thirty to thirty-two games starting. It's a, it's a. I mean, he did himself no favors. Those, those quotes taken out of context all ring every red flag, like alarm bells going off, brain melting kind of stuff. Right? Listen, I Seb at three hundred k playing at twenty five percent of of his ability because we're paying him so little. I don't want him. You know what I mean? Like that's that's twenty eighteen. Well, that's twenty eighteen again, right? Like he's moving around the field. I, I, I agree with your precedent. But let me yeah. just preface this by saying Patrick Mullins was paid around 300000 last year. Erickson Gallardo was paid around 300000 Right, year. and Patrick Mullins ran his, ran, his, ran his butt off. He didn't, he didn't net any goals, but he still ran his butt off because he, he probably had imposter syndrome. He's like, why are they paying me all this, all this damn money? I got to do something. You can play a guy a lot less to run their ass off, right? Like, to me, it's like... Listen, if you're gonna if you're gonna be on the higher end of mm-hmm. you know the non-TAM salary scale, which three hundred to three fifty is a little bit higher on the end of that scale. One hundred percent. Yes, that, that needle's moving. That's a, that's like halfway. Well, right? fair yeah. enough. But like, I mean, if you're if you're gonna be paying that, so okay, so even if you go to half a million, right? If you even go to five hundred thousand, right? Sure you're still expecting a certain amount of production from that spot. Absolutely. Um, in, terms of, in terms of thinking of all the other pieces this team needs to fix, it needs to fix the defense. It needs probably one, if not two strikers that are going to be really productive. One, a DP, probably another backup, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. You need, you need to fill those out before we start thinking about fantasy land, bringing Javinko back to the team. I agree. That, I agree. And also, also where did, where did we get to the part where it's okay for people under a certain line like oh you're homegrown you're only making 81k you can just fuck off for the rest of the afternoon like you know what i mean you're still getting paid by the organization so you should probably be doing something for the organization there's a you know and and again this isn't specific to soccer like it it boggles my mind that there seems to be a a a cutoff line listen my number for seba is is a lot higher than 750k my number for seba is basically a dollar less than they're paying michael bradley at this point like price is right logic um because you know the the man plays with the the man plays his emotions are part of his game right so you know even if we got him on 300k the amount of of investment he would have in the program i think it's a waste of money i think you can get a patrick mullins i mean i won't that's a shitty example but i think you can get like a a player for 300k that isn't going to walk around with a cloud over their head going i'm the best player on the field at 35 and i deserve this and that and this it it, just to get him in the door to sell jerseys and not not my not my vibe so it's difficult because everything that i didn't want to happen it, it appears to be happening in that article, right? The disconnect between player and reality, right? That that we we thought this second act would would sort of redeem seems to still be there in spades, and 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 that disconnect is is one of the reasons why um, he's not with us anymore. So maybe we should let 
sleeping dogs lie. And one more, one more point on this is before we move on, I think we're, mm -hmm. we're spending a little bit too much time on it, but as Tom Horn mentioned, I think a good comparison to Sebastian Jamaica right now is Jonathan Rosario. Yeah. Coming in at a little bit less than a million dollars. And I think that's a good kind of starting point for measuring sticks. Sorry. Let me say for, in terms of how much a player is valued. Sure. I think Jonathan Rosario, I think he has a very fair contract. Um, he's not paid the maximum DP spot. He is better than uh, an average MLS player. Um, he's not worth a designated player spot, as I mentioned. So I think he's a fair contract. Now, in comparison, Sebastian Javinko at 35, do we feel he can bring sort of that same value as as Jonathan Osorio? And I think that's the question that, that the Toronto City management kind of are asking themselves is, that's sort of your a really good measuring stick right there in terms of how much uh, really that roster value is worth um, a player. And it, it's, I don't know. I don't have the answer to that, to be honest. If I, I had a fully it, committed Sebastian Javinko for $500,000 a year, I've signed that, that, that yes. check already. Yes, but we're talking about more money than that. Yeah. And we're talking yeah. about, more importantly, we're talking about allocation money being used. And yep. with the amount of work that this team needs and in other areas of the roster, it's not a sort of luxury thing anymore where they can kind of be like, okay, yeah, we'll pay you. They'll give you this allocation money just because we have it. That's not the case yep. anymore. No, it isn't. They need, yeah. There's we, other urgent issues. More urgent yes, issues. More. We, have two, we have two center backs, guys. <laughs> well, that's what I mean, right? I think there, yeah, there's right. other places we need to be spending that money right now before we really address this. To me, like Sebastian Javingo can be addressed in like – late january february once we actually have what we and now and team. now we get to the last four paragraphs of the article where he starts going into well you know i've got interest from here and, and i got interest from delay, here. Right? yeah yeah perhaps that is the delay is that tfc want to see how this kind of plays out before seeing how much money it's, they have left it's over a to smart Alex. delay you know a luxury like, resource like that because yeah. as we mentioned you know he is not the savior anymore he is not even going to be a designated player for this team so We'll see. We'll see how this kind of all unfolds. But as, as you mentioned there, Jeff, Sebastian Javanko doesn't seem keen on, on waiting too much longer. And I think I think that to wrap this all up, I think that media interview was sort of just a ploy in, in terms of kind of putting the pressure on the front office. Absolutely. 100%. Absolutely. And, and going from one older DP to another older DP. <laughs> feels like we're just talking about, we're just trotting out the old guys and just you know, taking yep, them yep. off the yellow style. Oh, um, great mare, she ain't what she used to be. <laughs> uh, another piece of excellent reporting um, from Michael Singh uh, last week, um, or uh, over the weekend, I should say, um, if you're on the Twitter sphere as well, is that, uh, Michael, you confirmed that Josie will not be back next season as a designated player let's underline that um but uh, let me just uh, throw that to you in terms of what you've heard your reporting and what you're kind of seeing um in terms of this situation yeah and i'll listen there's a lot that i can i want to say what i'm i'm absolutely sure of let me yeah. let me put it that way yeah. i don't want to throw anything else out there um but what i can say with that certainty is is that confirmed with a couple of sources that Josie Althor will not be back with Toronto FC next season as a designated player. Now I know under, I understand that leaves the door open for some other possibilities. Um, I, I don't want to say too much more. Um, I'll leave, I'll leave this, this situation kind of unfold a little bit, 
Um, but well, yes, it has it, been unfolding well, <laughs> because uh, every everybody knows MLS rules. You know, you know, you know what MLS rules remind me of? Um, uh, pure chaos. Nobody, nobody has a clue. And at the end of the day, I think clubs just do what they want. And it, it's very much a don't ask for permission, beg for forgiveness later, right? And and when you know when I when I was going to film school at York, you had two options. You could because York was a commuter school, right? Everybody drove. So you had two options. You could either pay the ridiculous like six hundred dollars a semester for parking, or you would just sneak in without a parking pass and 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 roll your luck. And you know, and maybe you get maybe you get a ticket, but that ticket's like three hundred dollars. So if you get one ticket, you end up paying less than you know what you would have paid officially. I feel like MLS rules are kind of like that where it's like, Oh, you <laughs> caught me, you know? Okay, fine. We had 12 DPs, you know, and we, and we, that's your analogies are, are the best. Right, it is. And as somebody who was in York, as somebody who was a York United, uh, or sorry, York United, uh, a York university alumni, uh, I had never had these problems because I had a 407 bus directly from Metabell. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm just, I'm just telling you, like it was, I, I was always, I was always too scared. So I paid the parking pass, but I had a lot of friends that like, like just rode the knife edge of Nile. And, and and they ended up spending less. Like there were some of them that didn't get nabbed for 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 a ticket all season. So it really is a, a don't ask permission, beg for forgiveness kind of situation. Um, you know the the rules the rules suggest that Josie can be bought down, but then there are contrary rules that that start introducing weirdo math down to like the 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 fourth or fifth decimal point suggests that oh no Josie's above this certain salary figure he can't etc cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, I've read more about this buyout, this, this, you know, this wonderful buyout that everybody uses, you know, as an option, um, in the last two weeks than I'd care to admit. And I still don't have a clear what, what, what it's well, all about. I was about to <laughs> ask you guys, like, like, what, are, what are the potential, if there was a way back, um, for Josie, uh, in terms of coming back to TFC, like, and this is hypothetical, this is not you confirming or denying anything, but like, what are those possibilities? I, I've heard these things too, where like you can't pay them under a certain amount once you bought them out as a DP. Like what is, what is the, what is, what the hell can we do here? This is, this is what I've heard. And it makes sense. Listen, just, just to set the table, yeah. right? This is logic. You can't like, you can't say, okay, we're going to buy you out of your contract. Right. And now we're going to sign you for something different in a, in a single entity league system. That's, kind of not cool right what i've heard is that you can buy him out but then he goes on waivers and any other team in mls can pick up his deal and say oh no we're only going to pay josie 10 percent of his 2022 salary and tfc's on the hook for that kind of like Mesut ozil at, at arsenal sort of situation where where you know all of his suitors were like that's cool we'll take you because arsenal's paying your bills um i've heard that i've heard the opposite i've heard that you can do whatever the hell you want and I'm more likely to believe that you can do whatever the hell you want. And then if MLS comes calling, you're like, whoops, we didn't know that because the rule book is insane. And and then they either fine you or they say, okay. So, so the Inter-Miami special is what you're calling. Yeah, the Inter-Miami special. Yeah. Yeah. What I've heard. Uh, well, let me, let me say there's a couple possibilities. Let's say hypothetically guys, hypothetically that he does return to Toronto FC. Um, the one is is buying down his, his salary from a designated player to an allocation money. And I saw Sam Seiskal's tweet yesterday saying that it wasn't possible. But I'm not under the impression that's the case. It, it's really dependent on what his 2022 salary is. 
we know Josie's salary salary was six point five million in in twenty nineteen or twenty twenty, which dropped to three and a half in in twenty twenty one. So if that's the trend, and his twenty twenty two salary is technically something like I don't know, just throwing a number out there, like just under that that number that Sam Sejko threw out. Yeah, yeah. They can buy down his his salary budget hit to a million dollars, and he'll be in allocation money. So I, I don't think any of us are really privy to what Joe Yalter is exactly making, but that's one possibility. Another one is, is, is the buyout option. You, I, I'm, you can buy someone out and then sign them to a new contract is my understanding because mm-hmm. you only get one buyout per, per season that doesn't count against your salary budget hit, right? So there's also a couple other factors into that, and that's the player would have to be willing to accept the, the new terms of the new contract. You're not going to buy buy out a 26 year old player who is on the verge of making you know millions of dollars and expect them to take a, another you know hundred thousand two hundred thousand dollar contract. Um, I know that the league has to sign off on all of these deals, but in terms of Josie Altador's case in particular, I think that that would be fair play based on his production, his his. Um, my my issue with that, Mike, is that it rewards a bad decision, right? It's like, oh, we we messed up on your deal, like to on the original contract. And again, it's a single entity system, right? So TFC is like, yeah, we screwed up. We we're paying you too much. We understand that you agree with that, and we're going to pay you less. But wouldn't league office be like, there has to be a penalty for 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 you know bad you, business? I, it's in the rule book. You get one off season buyout for cases like this where you screw up a contract. Yeah, you, yeah. No, I again, again, like I like I said, the, the the whole concept of the buyout seems diametrically opposed to the rules that I'm reading about what you can do post buyout. Right? It's like, well, we we gave you this 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 pressure valve so that you can get out of a bad deal. But if you decide to use it, it's a bad deal for you, which is like double jeopardy. And it just, it makes no sense. But I mean, well, well, it's, like, yeah. it's yeah. at the club's expense, right? They're paying, yeah. they're paying the, the, the hit. And there's not many clubs that are, would be willing, let's say, to buy out a designated player. There's, yeah. there's not many. Of of yeah. Yeah. Right? A lot of money. And that's, so, like, that, that's the kind of the, the flex that MLSC has right here. And the might that they have is that they have that, that flexibility where they're, they could be willing to, to flex that buyout and then here's here's my other player. here's my other question. Thanks for reminding me. Didn't we didn't haven't we bought out Ali Curtis already? Well, he mm-hmm. left on his own accord, right? That's different. I, if, I but there was still I mean, not none of us knows, but maybe we did, which means that we've already outlaid a significant chunk of cash on getting him off the books. We've got Lorenzo, you know, knock on cross your fingers coming in at an insane amount of money. Right, like when when is enough enough for MLSE? Remember, they've got other properties they've got to maintain, and it is a pandemic year for, for from a, from a yeah. I, I will say this: I don't know. TFC is well. TFC is already already the top salary team in the league, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's it's like it's They're almost like to Michael to what you're yeah close to it. So Michael, to your point, it's like what's a few dollars more? Do you know what I mean? Like if if it makes you a better team, clearly the clearly the board is willing to commit to make this team a, a championship contender again, because they see what happens when this team is a contender, the building is filled, there's interest from media, et cetera, et cetera. So from that perspective, it only makes sense that, it, okay, 
and trust me, if they're paying Josie out, what, $4 million for his next year of his deal, whatever that is, that mm-hmm. is a buck, a drop in the bucket compared to what they paid for Kyle Lowry for one year, for John Tavares, for like yep. all these yep. other players that play for other properties that you were talking about, right? So sure. from a from a buyout perspective, Josie Eldador in the grand scheme of MLSE is kind yeah. of a drop in the bucket. Especially okay. if you want okay. to get back, the best way to kind of get fans back in the seats, and I know this is the Toronto Blue Jays mentality, it's winning. And yep. winning is what sells. And yep. the best way to do that is, is taking that little bit of hit. And I'll address this one more time in case you missed it, Ivan, is why wouldn't teams want to buy out their DPs if they could resign them at different contracts? As I mentioned, you, you only get one buyout yeah, per offseason. That does not count against your salary budget. So you can buy out as many players as you want, but they'll still count against your salary budget. Now, the second point to that is there's two parts to it. Is, is the player would have to, to agree. be willing to sign a new contract instead of turning down millions from another, let's say, MLS club or any club around the world. So if you're yeah. going to risk buying out a designated player, it's, it's a risk. Um, so, yeah, that, that's a probably why other clubs wouldn't do it. Um, again, maybe maybe I'm wrong there. As you guys have talked about, like MLS reels are like nearly impossible. They're insane. They're insane. Um, like, I love it, but it's also They're only so insane frustrating. when David Beckham's involved. When, when David Beckham's involved, <laughs> that's when it gets insane. There, there's probably clear rules, and then there's sort of like Beckham audibles that I feel like exist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, let's, for uh, sure. let's move on, guys. Like, obviously, we're oh, okay, well, let, let, Let's close it out. Let's close it yeah, out. Close it out. Close it out. Are, we, are we good with Josie back next year? Because I am. I am. If it's, it's one more year. year. Yeah, it's one, sure. even as a DP, it's one more year, you know. If if we oh, get uh, Lorenzo, I'll die. Okay, but let me let me. I'll I'll move this conversation forward. Uh, I've heard another thing is Josie won't be the only designated player TFC have to replace, uh, heading into this off season. So I'll I'll leave it at that. Yeah, you guys can read between the lines. Well, look, if if Josie can come back and on less dollars and not on a DP slot. The jersey's here for life, right? But mm-hmm. um, if if it has to be like if he's basically it's DP or nothing, then thank you for everything, my friend. Um, you gave us wonderful memories. Hopefully, you can find something. And don't worry if he doesn't have a paycheck for a while. Sloan Stevens is doing well; he'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. She just signed a merch <laughs> deal. Yeah, absolutely, exactly. absolutely. Uh, yeah. So transitioning into uh, away from the younger guys and into the other half of this roster because it feels like there's very little in between. There's like older guys and then mm-hmm. kids. Um, and then babies. So let's talk yeah. a little bit about the babies. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, obviously the news last week came down that Julian Dunn has signed uh, with the amazingly named Ham Cam. Didn't know this club existed before. Uh, great, great uh, club name. Um, I can't believe that's actually the Twitter handle, but that's amazing. Mm-hmm. So great for him. He's obviously moving on to Europe and had an opportunity to do that. But they then starts to snowball once he announced that with uh, Io Akinola throwing his two cents into the comments. And I actually didn't read the comment until somebody pointed it out to me. Um, and mm-hmm. I tweeted, like, is there a possibility that he could be going to Europe? And I only said that because his agents have a lot of connections towards European clubs and, and yep, things like yep. that. Julian um, just done to sign with the same agency. Exactly. As, as, that, was, yeah. that was sort of my point around that. But, you know, it, it started to spark this conversation around an exodus of the young guys. Like, is there a possibility that some of these young guys are maybe looking towards Europe and maybe seeing that the grass is greener on the other side? So, you know, is, is this something that we should be concerned about as supporters yes. going into the new season? Yes. 
I don't, I mean, I, I concerned about them moving on to Europe. Of course not. That's, that's how it goes for an MLS club. The insubordination I have a concern with. Um, there's absolutely no way that, that Iowa and Noble didn't know what they were doing. There's no way in hell they didn't know what they were doing. There are other outlets to, there are other outlets to voice those concerns. There are, there, you know, you don't have to be that cryptic unless you're, unless you're trying but to. But this is 2021 and they're young guys, right? Like this is, this is like how social media now works. Then take right? their like, phones not- away. They have, you have to have a certain responsibility. I mean, to, 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 to open up that powder keg is unprofessional. And that, and, 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 and if it can be misunderstood, it will be misunderstood. So have a bit more um, uh, self-control. I mean, you're a professional football player that is getting paid money to be a professional. You, you, that, that means that you don't get to go on Facebook and, 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 uh, what happened to Mike this year? Oh, we lost Mike there. <laughs> the no, but I mean, I mean, listen, that, that, that's par for the course, man. Like, you know, when you go to, when you go to a private school, you have to wear a uniform. When you're a professional, you have to maintain a certain decorum that, you know, you can't have your cake and eat it too. And I just think that, that that was a stupid move that was bound to be misunderstood. And there has to be consequences for it. I mean, sure. But again, like, again, I will say like, you know, a flashback, anybody in the, like in the comments right now, watching this or listening to us right now, Jeff, flashback yourself. I'm flashing back to myself when I was like 20, 19, 20 years old. Was I Mm. the most professional person in the world? No. Did I think I was doing the right thing or did something that I didn't think was that big a deal? Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But like in the case. Didn't you suffer consequences for it? Sure, but I. This is a case where I don't know if this is really that big a deal. Like I feel like we've kind of read a little too much into this. Um, and Mike, I, I'd love to get your opinion on this. But like we just we just went through a season where where, uh, you know, according to a lot of different sources, the locker room was not cool and it got cliquey and it got messy. Um, you know, the last thing we need in the off season is for fringe players on the squad to start being jerks on social media even even if that wasn't their intention and again i call bs because i think it was um to to stir the pot uh or to at least do a wink wink nudge nudge aren't we cool airing our inside jokes or opening up the 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 room to to potentially misunderstood takes right you have a certain responsibility there's a certain professional decorum that you have to adhere to that's part and parcel with taking a job as a professional footballer. And if you cannot do that, don't be a professional footballer. Why is it the club, like the club oh, has yeah. bigger fish yeah, to Mike, fry. Mike, step mm-hmm. in here. Cause yeah, I see yeah. your mind. Is Who are we calling yeah, yeah. players, first of all? Well, French players? In, yeah. In Julian Dunn. <laughs> no, I'm call- Okay. Uh, Julian Dunn is not a penciled in starter. Noble Julian doesn't do anything. Okay, no, no, but I'm talking. Well, Julian Dunn started the attack line, right? Like I'm talking about Io and Noble uh, jumping in on that. Yeah, I was a fringe player. Absolutely, Uh if he could stay healthy for five minutes, maybe he wouldn't be a fringe player. But considering that he can't, one major injury, and it was with Canada. Okay, like I I get what you're saying, Jeff. Like I 100% get what you're trying to say. But like to me, it's like look, these are young guys on social media making dumb comments yes maybe it's a dumb comment 100 it's such a dumb comment but do i do i do i think there was like malicious intent in that and that calculated and, and that no i i think no it's, it's not machiavellian it's stupid garbage yeah i'll help settle this a little bit i've heard 
Positive news, guys. Iowa Canola will likely be back with Toronto FC next season. Hey. So there's putting some some dirt on this sort of fire. Um. Also, sorry, my internet's been so terrible today. It's no worries. No worries. You know, um, hopefully you guys can still hear me okay. Yeah, I can hear um, you just fine. And, yeah, listen, it, given the context of the situation that Io was um, in, obviously he's going through a little bit of a contract uh, negotiation period. He, One of the same players in the exact same situation just left the club. I know the way that I read it the first time was – this guy is is potentially on his way out of the club. And that's why I decided to tweet it out. It wasn't because I thought he was taking a shot at TFC, which I guess is what the way that a lot of people interpreted it. It was more so just because, hey, this guy is out of contract. It seems like he could be on his way out as well. And that was the way that I kind of interpreted it. Um, and, you know, hearing from these guys, yeah, like it's no secret. It's not a surprise that every one of these guys wants to go overseas and play in Europe. I talked to most of the young guys on this team, and they've told me that point blank that they, that's their goal. The team knows that as well, um, and yeah. So the reason why I thought it was newsworthy again was because I was in this in the spot where he can go to Europe. So listen, I think it's it's a it's a mistake based on the context, and I think it's something that they're going to learn from. Where if you so. want to be if you want to be kind of perceived as this this big athlete, then everything that you're going to do. Everything that you put out there is could be put in is could be scrutinized, could be speculated on. That's just the way a public figure works, especially if you're an I, athlete. I mean, I can't, I can't believe you have to explain this after the fact. Like that well, should just yeah, but like common but, sense. But guys, again, I, I'm gonna put it. This guy's 19, 20, 21 years old. Yeah, they're going to make these mistakes, and, and they're I, also. I don't even really think it was that big of a deal. Like, I really don't. Like, when I read it, and again, I, I but I read it in a different context, okay, guys? Yeah, so yeah. my context was, I thought he might be leaving because of the fact that he's got the same agent as Julian Dunn, and he's out of contract, and he might go to Europe, okay? Sure. I didn't read this, this comment until this thing all blew up, and then I saw it. And I could see where people get that sort of idea. But to me, it was, look, you're celebrating one of your boys is going to Europe. Like, and you, he is the first one out of that group to make that jump permanently, right? Outside of a loan. So from mm. that perspective, that's like, yo, you're my boy. Congratulations. You're going off and making your dreams come true, right? And I wish I, I wish I saw it that way. I saw it. Yeah, I saw it as a as a cheap shot at the club, like, you know, thank God you got out of this out of this B, BS Mickey Mouse Bush. Yeah, and garbage. I can see how you interpreted and, it like that, but and, I and, I did not. I don't think that. that's the case. You know, I don't think that's the case at all. I and, really, and, I really and, think, it, and I get it. The year that this team just had, yes, of course, everybody right now is can be super triggered really quickly because, like, you just think, well, everybody wants to leave now. We, we've yeah. cleaned house in the front office for the most part in terms of like coaching staff and things like that. We've cleaned house. Now it looks like we're cleaning house in terms of our players. And we've talked about this reset. So now we're all triggered to think like, well, everybody's going to go. Right. And I just yeah. don't think that it's worth the energy to be jumping on this kid. I agree who, with you. Who made one I, comment that I don't really think that's, is that big a deal. Yeah. I, you yeah, know, so. I, your, your more measured approach means that your blood pressure is a lot lower than mine. Is, but we knew that before <laughs> we knew that before the episode started. Mike, so. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's, I, mean, I don't know. It wasn't like that. I don't, it was no excuse for anyone 
first of all, anyone to go into their comments and start attacking these players. I saw that, and if you call yourself a fan, you are absolutely pathetic. No, I agree. I agree. That, like, yeah, you don't need it. You don't players for something like that. That is a joke, and I understand your passion for the club, but you guys are clowns. Absolute clowns if you decide that you felt the need to go after these players. And the second thing is, hey, if Ayo Akinola, which, again, I've heard he's, he's come back to TFC, if he comes back, does that put all of this to rest? All the speculation about him taking a shot at the club? Yes. No. I mean, yes. I think I think he did, but he, he learned a lesson, or he didn't, because that's the kind of personality but if he has. He'd be gone. I think, I think the guy who, if that's the case, he would be gone. Agreed, and I and I, I and you know why I don't he think it's trapped. Trap. I, I don't think the club even think this is that big of a deal, right? Because if they really did, I feel like we would maybe not hear something directly from the club, but it would be reflected potentially in the negotiations. Things might have to be said to try to clear the air. The club has basically kind of just been like, all right, it happened, right? And maybe they're dealing with it internally, and that's fine. I think they're dealing with if it they, internally, they, yeah. They or, saw, and they've dealt with it internally, yeah. If they yeah. even saw that there was some issue here. But I, I, to me, if I'm looking at this, I'm looking at it as a, as a guy – congratulating his dude for doing the thing that they have been working their lifetime to do. Right. And let's see it. Let's see it as that. Give them the benefit of the doubt and hope that we don't, we don't hear any more of these. I just think it's, it's lesson learned, right? It's just, I think Iowa Canola, he's, he's done this in the past with his Instagram in terms of his national team uh, decision. I think he, he, he's, Maybe taking a page out of the Chris Mavinga, the Chris Mavinga book. Remember, Wait, remember that one tweet with the with the still. moving truck in front of his apartment where he quoted oh, a Drake man, lyric and all went. Yeah. No, we yeah, can hear you, Mike. We can hear you. You're just a little. Am I just a little frozen? He's going to come back. He'll yeah, he's going to come back. Him. But anyway, like I mean, yeah, I think. Look, yeah. I think that if if it is a learning experience, then the young guys have learned. Um, not a big deal to me, but fair enough. Um, let, let's get into a little bit of sort yeah. of the sort of last, uh, last items here. Um, specifically, let's talk a little bit about MLS cup final. Uh, well, first I just want to say it's super duper cute that Jaquil Marshall Rudy and oh, Jaden yes, Nelson yeah, yeah. are Sorry. like best buddies that are just touring around training together. Like that's, <laughs> that's my favorite. They can't go anywhere alone. I love it so yeah. much. Well, um, Jaquil, and Jaquil from, is, as at London now he's with, uh, he's with your, yeah. with your gunners. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, super exciting. Very, very exciting. Um, obviously, don't read too much into it. it it's training. This yeah. happens all the time. Players want to stay fit. Um, so they'll go train where they can. Um, but, you know, Arsenal is skewing younger. Uh, so it's not it's it stands to reason they might be looking at, at some value, some value added picks from from non-traditional markets and and there's a lot of there's a lot of ink being spilled on 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 jack and 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 jmr so you know now might be the time um you know mike you can't i think you answer this best because the question is is right there i mean is it time for these guys to move to europe is it is it time for them to to start thinking about that in the real they're not moving to europe that's okay um, they're they're training with these clubs and no no and we said that we said that while you were while you were yeah, away yeah, but yeah. I mean so, yeah. but I mean regardless do you do you think that that you know it's sooner rather than later for them to make their big moves? Um, I think it would be it would do well for them to to develop in a, in a system like Toronto FC if TFC give them that opportunity, and I think the club is did a decent job of it last year when you know nothing was really on the line. 
Um, especially with Jaquil. I thought Jaquil, you know, got a, a decent amount of minutes. That being said, like the pressure's on where this this these guys need more time. Yeah. And I know that they've been getting specifically Jaden got some rave reviews at Anderlecht for, you know, his his kind of skill and his caliber of play. And that's what we've been seeing too, kind of watching this guy play and, and develop and is it the time? I don't. I don't think it's quite yet. Um, but again, it, it could be the time if it's the club doesn't give them the opportunity. True yeah. enough. Wasn't uh, Anderlecht where Sasha Kleshton played for a long time? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. look, I, I, I agreed. I, I think they need to get minutes. I think they need to get at least a thousand minutes, if not more, this wow. year. Fifteen to two thousand minutes. I really like. It's time to actually see what they can do. Um, and give them enough starts. I mean, if you're talking about rebuilding a squad, you can't fill that many holes with all free agents and signings. Yep. Exactly. Very, very, so very. You're going to have to rely on some of these young guys to to fill those holes um, and see what you got, um, and then you can kind of progress and move from there. Um, but Bill, uh, one more point: Bill Manning was was on our show last year, right, Jeff? And he told us the kind of approach that this team's taken with someone got someone like a Jaquil Marshaluri. And that's that sort of Alfonso Davies approach where you kind of yeah. ease them into MLS. And I think this year was kind of the second last year before I think Jaquil gets a full season under his belt. I think next hmm. season, we're going to see a full season of Jaquil on this team. Uh, I hope the same for Jaden because I think Jaden is, is right up there in terms of, of a caliber of player, especially in the, the MLS scheme. And I think what we often forget is, is a lot of people are ruling them out kind of like kind of young. Mm-hmm. You don't hit your your peak until until you're at least you're 22, 23, 24 years old, if that. And if that, these guys yeah. still have a lot of growing to do. Specifically, Jaden. Like when I first interviewed Jaden, this is a story. This was uh, his his introductory little press ground there. Jaden was like, had I would say like up to here, shorter than me, right? A head shorter right, than right. me. Uh, maybe a little bit taller than that, but with the hair, with I, the hair, it's he's taller than you was. But that's I, I walked. Well, I walked by him mm-hmm. the other day when I was at the stadium. This kid's over a head taller than me now. It's just there's little things that people forget about. These guys are so young; they're still growing yeah. into their bodies, yeah. growing into their yeah. frames. I've I've heard Jaden Nelson is the fastest player on Toronto FC, and I don't think wow. he's gotten as fast as he has yet. So Fantastic. yes, we got to they got to learn the game a little bit better, and, and specifically Jaden in terms of when to release the ball, when to play, uh, when to take on defenders one v one. But that's going to come with playing experience, and I don't think these guys have really scratched the surface of their potential. So, which is why I'm saying club wise, it would be a lot better for the team to kind of give them minutes and let them hold on, increase that value because yep. I do think there is some value there, and then you know kind of show that they can get these guys overseas because. As we talked about a lot, there isn't that blueprint yet for one of their guys going overseas. It's it's all over MLS. I mean, if you if you look at like look uh, Diego Rossi just or no uh, uh, Edward Atuesta, who yeah. LAFC has been holding on to for far too long, they just let him go to Palmeiras. What are they getting? Four million seven if all performance incentives are met. If they had let him go two years ago, they would have tripled that. You know, MLS wants to be a selling league, but to be a selling league, you got to sell players. You got to sell them when they still well, have value, right? In, in like, my question yeah. here, just in regards yeah. to like 
you know, as a club, do we want this? Because we're kind of in this flux in terms of person of what we want this club to be, right? Do we want it to be the mega club? Like Michael Bradley back after winning the treble was like, we want to be the Bayern Munich of MLS. We want yeah. to be the team that's always competing. Well, they buy a lot of players, right? Yeah. Not necessarily develop them all. Marcial is really good. But like, you know, do we want to be that team that is starting to develop young players and sell them on? Because we really haven't done that as a club, nope. right? Like, there's there's examples here like Daniil and things like that, but like realistic, we haven't really, and I know kind of nod the head, Michael, because it's kind of a, that's a little, mm, yeah, but like yeah. truly from cradle to the to the first team, we haven't mm-hmm. really done that as a club yet. Um, nope. Is that what we want, right? Or do our our fans really wanting just a team that goes out and buys the buys an Insigne every year and we compete that way? I mean, it looks that way. All signs point to to that, right? I mean, when pressed, this team goes for what they know, which is the big the big ticket marquee signings and the win now mode, right? Um, it, you know, it, it it's the same as every new coach steps in in their first press conference. They're like, I'm going to play entertaining, free-flowing, attacking soccer. And then two games into their career, they park the bus and it's like a 5-1, or, you know, it's like ten a 10-man back line. Uh, so, so yeah, I, I, I think it's, it, it's, it's easy to say it's fun to let those words come out of your mouth. You know, we want to be a selling club because that's, that's the goal, but the reality is a whole lot more difficult. And, and I think, I don't actually think it's Toronto FC's decision to make. I think that's something the league has to instigate and they've been very, very, very wishy-washy about it in terms of, because it's a single entity system, right? So all things go through the league office and they've been very wishy-washy about it. I mean, we're, the league can't we're not even going to sell their players. No, but the league can push to, for the league to like the, the theme of the league, right? That's something the league mandates. And, and that's, and if you look around the league, that, that is the case where a lot of teams are doing exactly what, what we're, we've been saying is, is selling off, getting players young and then, and then flipping them for, for a profit. Now, but not as good as they could be doing because they're holding on to them about two seasons. Potentially, potentially. Yeah. 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 Um, but what, what in terms of your question there, Mike? I think TFC want to accomplish both. That's I really hard. That's, that's really really hard. Really hard. That's, 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 that's the ambition <laughs> I mean, that this yeah. this team has, in my opinion. Like the model that they're going after right now, it's, and it's, as we've talked about a lot, is in MLS, it's it's a really deep, heavy league. So what they're doing is they're not investing in young designated players, hoping a couple of years they can flip them for a profit. They're investing for players that can make a difference right now. Other leagues around the team aren't necessarily taking that same approach, but other leagues don't have Toronto FC's, I guess, financial flex. But they're also developing or trying to develop their young players. And in hopes of, A, yeah, sure, they can make an impact on the MLS squad, but also, I think, in hopes of, of flipping them for a profit. I think it's it's a combination of both. As you mentioned, yeah, sure, it's really hard. But I don't think we've ever seen a young crop of players come through Toronto FC. No, like this young no. crop of players. Without are question, the this is the first crop, right? This is the one yeah. they've been talking about for a while, right? This yeah. is that yeah. class that you know we've been hearing about for years. They're now starting to push through. Um, exactly. Julian Dunn was supposed to be a part of that class, and he's now gone to Europe. So we'll see how that goes, um, and, and sort of putting a bow on it. Kind of this, mm-hmm. you know, we'll, we'll see this year uh, in terms of you know, how they're going to approach it because Montreal is going about it a certain way where they're sending young guys off to the CPL and getting them a thousand. Yeah. 
2,000 minutes for the season. Vancouver is kind of doing their own thing. I don't really know what they're doing in terms of their young players. And now TFC, this is the first chance we're really going to get to see of this club trying yeah. to bring young players through. And then either they become, you know, club staples or we sell them off if, if that's what ends up beating in their yep. future. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So it's um, going to be an interesting year. It will be an interesting year. And I'm going to make a quick audible here. I know I have MLS Cup uh, final on the rundown, but um, we weren't in it, so who cares? Um, (laughs) (laughs) Some blue team won it. They're doing something at their city hall. Um, But uh, MLS expansion draft is in about half an hour. Um, So I wanted to touch on this really quick before the end of this show. Um, You know, obviously we've got, TFC's got players that they have exposed. I'll list them off here. Uh, Nick DeLeon, Dom Dwyer, Sabusendo, um, Omar Gonzalez, uh, Kamar Lawrence, Patrick Mullins, Kevin Silva, and Eric Zavaleta. Um, do we care if any of these players get back? Like, like in terms of are are any of these guys coming back anyway? Like Hold you on. know, the expansion drafts at seven p.m. But oh, yeah, expansion drafts at seven. No, one o'clock. One o'clock was the CPL awards. Yeah. Oh yeah 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 okay. Um. Uh, I was I was concerned about Kamar Lawrence, but uh, uh, somebody on Twitter reminded me that Charlotte's got uh, Leicester City's uh, Christian Fuchs uh, mm-hmm. as a as a high paid left back, and unless you're FC Cincinnati, you don't have a roster of two high paid left backs. So, really, the only thing they would do is is take him to flip him, which I can see happening. Um, but yeah, I mean, if they take Dom Dwyer off our hands. Uh, you know, obviously Patrick Mullins is, is, is horrible for me, but, but I'll deal with it. Um, I think it's a great list. I mean, half of these guys we know are gone already, at least with, with respect to TFC's books, right? If they want to, they want to build a team around Omar Gonzalez, more power to them. You know, is that, what's your opinion on that? Sorry. Is everybody Um... frozen? Yeah, no, say that one more time for me quickly. No, just uh, in terms of who you think, like out of the list of guys that are on the uh, on the exposed list, you know, who do we? Is there anybody on this TFC exposed list that that we think might get picked up? Well, it, I mean, it's it's five players, um, and it's from every team in the league. Yeah, right. So you're looking at a crop of. I don't know, 150 players, maybe more. There's a lot of there's a lot there's of interesting a, picks in there. A, yeah. There's a lot of talent out there, right? Um, Toronto FC, second last place team in MLS. I don't know how attractive of an option that is, especially when you consider they only had to expose two people that are under contract. Yeah. Now, of course, I think I think the main one worth talking about is Kamar Lawrence. Yeah. Um, I'm yeah. sure you guys have mentioned it already, but. What a lot of people aren't factoring in is, yeah, he comes at a pretty decent price at, I think it's around 250, 350, 350,000. But what a lot of people aren't factoring in is, is his transfer fee as well. And that actually, you don't see that in his wages, but that goes on top of his, his salary budget hit. And I think his mm. transfer fee was something around 500, 600,000. So you're looking at an extra 125, 150,000 on top of his pre existing. Now he's he's a great veteran to have in your room. Um, would TFC be okay if he left? Absolutely. Um, it would it would give them some more financial flexibility to continue uh, moving along. So 
I don't think it's the end of the world. And I think TFC are in a good spot expansion draft wise, uh, yeah. heading into heading into tonight. Without question. Without question. Yeah. Um, and I know there were some questions out there about like, well, why not expose Josie if uh, no trade clause? He's got yeah. trade, no trade clause. So they, they have to protect him. Um, in, in that case, yeah, I'm not sad if any player gets picked. <laughs> Good luck to you and Charlie. I've already, I've, I've already gotten over my uh, losing Patrick Mullins depression, so, so I'm good with it. Yeah, but, uh, no, okay. Good yeah. luck to, good luck to you if you get picked. Um, I highly doubt it. And apparently, Eric Zavaleta is already talking to the Galaxy. So, uh, um, again, yeah. good for him if he can pick up another uh, job there. Okay, so we'll, uh, we'll, we'll sort of move on from that. Because I don't think it, oh, oh, uh, just before we do move on to that, though, um, I know like Jesus Medina and a few other um, bigger names within MLS have been left unprotected. Is there sort of a name on the bigger league wide list that you think would be um, a good piece maybe for Charlotte to pick up? I mean, I can't believe New York City left Maxi Morales unprotected, uh, even 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 at his wages. Uh, I, I think he'd be a decent pick. Um, there's a lot of interest. I mean, if this was three years ago, Charlotte could make a squad that would challenge for MLS Cup out of those, <laughs> out of that expansion list. But unfortunately, it isn't three years ago. Um, so they're all kind of distressed well, assets. Right? One player that caught um, my eye, though, is, is Victor Wanyama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That caught my eye, too. That was wild. A- and didn't Miami put Blaze Matuidi out as well? That was. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they gotta get they gotta get rid of a lot of players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They really, really, really do. Um, do you think they would yeah. take one Yama though? Like, what if he's making like three or four mil a year? Is he? Is he? Would they actually pick him up? Uh, I I don't know. I don't know if they actually would. I personally, I wouldn't mind building around someone like. I think Victor Wanyama is a very good piece to have. I think he's been good in Montreal. Um, and I don't know if Montreal trying to free up a DP spot for something bigger, but I. I still think he can definitely hang in this league and, and boss. Absolutely. So I, Absolutely. I would definitely take a serious look at that in, in serious consideration. Fair enough. I think they'll yeah. go Medina. I think they, they, they go for Dina. Also, uh, Tinderholm is also, um, yeah, he's an, he's an injury, uh, uh, yeah. worry though, but, but again, it's, it's, fit, he's still, yeah, I mean, he's a destroy. He's, you know, no one likes playing against him <laughs> in the entire exactly. league. Everybody well, we're, we're already on this NYCFC train. So like, why don't we yeah. just, uh, sort of wrap things up by talking about, uh, this past weekend's MLS cup final, um, mm-hmm. NYCFC win on pens. Um, I thought it was deserved. Just like Justin Morrow and I predicted. <laughs> exactly there you go did yeah. you put a ticket on that did you actually put any uh put any no i'm upset but i didn't i nah, didn't fair uh, enough. um uh, but i thought they got a deserved win in the context of the game guys um i assume you both saw it or at least saw enough of it uh what did you guys think that equalizer man oh wow yeah. the, the noise wow. i've seen videos man, people in the stadium that. Oh, me wow. too they lost yeah. their minds I mean, forget about win or lose. It's a coin toss at, at, at the penalties. But like that equalizer, that's something that fan base are going to talk about for decades. Like, where were you? What were you doing? Did you did you lose all of your beers? Like, what you know? What what? It just 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 amazing. I mean, the latest uh, goal scored in MLS Cup history. Uh, you know, I. Man, Portland, you know, that that should have been it for them. It, it's a heartbreaker. No one, I mean, having lived through 2016, no one likes to lose the final in your own house, right? Yeah. Um, 
But, you know, if you stayed around, you would have seen Wani Dyla get into his underwear and do push-ups on, on your pitch. So <laughs> I think everybody cleared out by then. Yeah. I was like, yeah. the CPL final. I was like, we're done. We're leaving. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. I mean, I always, always remember walking but with my wife. We were walking out of uh, 2016. Uh, you know, and you had to walk by gate one. So, the, you know, the Seattle away fans were still stacked and they were all losing their minds. And this one guy, as we were walking past the streetcar, just just went to town on one of the trash cans, like just started kicking it. And I swear he was breaking his foot. He's kicking it so hard. And we were all like, dude, like, just relax. It's, it's just the game. But uh, yeah, no, it was it was not a fun walk back into the into the city center no. following following that. So my heart goes out. My heart goes out to the to the Portland people. Um, especially since they 1990 it and like camped out outside in long lineups and had wristbands like it was, you know, a Lollapalooza uh, concert as opposed to, to NFTs and stuff like that. So uh, very entertaining MLS Cup, super entertaining MLS Cup. Yeah, I, you know, I watched a lot of a lot of Portland Timbers playoff games actually leading up to that. And that mm-hmm. was that's exactly their brand where it's really one sided, but they're defending really composed they're defending really well. Um and then they hit people. They hit people on the counter, and they, they yeah. get kind of catch people unexpected. That's sort of kind of how this played out again. Obviously, it came down to sort of a bit of a desperate measure this time. Um, but I was expecting Portland from that point on to kind of just go on and, and kind of what they've done the whole whole playoffs is take advantage of that moment. But yeah, too little, I guess, too late. And and the last cup decided in penalties. Uh, what are you gonna we do? Life. We know that life. Yeah, we know yeah. that life. I actually you thought that we're gonna put an end to the like we need to put an end to this show, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, well, hey, look, um uh, to wrap things up, uh guys, any last little bits um that you want to get out there um before we uh before we wrap this I up? am I am spent, man. We have we have discussed every possible facet this week. <laughs> this is fantastic. All yeah right. no thank you mike thank you uh once thank again you, for mike. Stepping in. absolutely great host um apologize for my internet issues but hopefully okay. you guys heard enough of me ramble and we appreciate everyone obviously chiming in in the chat very lively chat today i've seen sure. i got radioed a couple times on twitter which is you know it means we're making it guys so we're yeah, yeah, absolutely yeah. i see i see matthew spoiling the cpl awards that i plan to watch after this so i'm just going to mute everything yeah, I, turn <laughs> twitter off. I turn yeah. twitter off for that um, <laughs> but yeah guys thanks for having me again uh oh, mike always everybody in the uh in the twitter sphere and watching on youtube thanks uh, so much for watching uh this week and listening in for those who are w- listening in after the live show um which i know a lot of you guys do um thanks uh, again for listening and uh well these guys will talk to you next week i may not be here but these guys <laughs> will definitely be back and, and hope mitchell uh mitch is going to be back as well uh, well you got to plug your own show because you, you're not you're not a you're not an amateur no right no you've got your, uh, you've sure, got your own thing yeah and uh house on lakeshore podcast podcast uh myself uh sean as you guys have, have talked to before um we'll we'll be on we're actually recording um an episode tonight uh so it's double good luck with it guys yeah um and then hopefully you know we'll have that episode out uh that's probably our last one for the holidays but uh yeah if you can listen to house on lake shore podcast find it on wherever you find your pods or, or just follow us on twitter at tfc bipoc fans uh we run it through the uh coalition uh, and, uh, you know, we'll probably be repeating a lot of things that are already here. So I <laughs> look, very much look forward to it. Yeah. Um, absolutely. yeah. Mitch is definitely going to yell at us. So we better, we better, right, uh, we better cool. lock it down. Uh, you want to take us out, Mike? Yeah. All right. Absolutely. Well, guys, uh, no, no, no. I mean, Mike's yeah. saying he's got, yeah. he's got control of our video stuff, but you can do it too. Give us a nice little outro, Mike. <laughs> <laughs>
All right, guys. Well, uh, uh, on behalf of Michael Singh and Jeffrey P. Nesker, my name is Mike Newell. Thanks for listening this week, and uh, we'll see you next week. Take care, guys. Thank you.